at that moment I had to make that choice. Was I going to crawl up into a wall, climb into a cave, disappear from Oregon State's world, um, or fight back? And and it's that it, it's that fight or flight moment. Yep. And I decided that I was going to fight and. So I was moving forward and a lot of it, it was, I, I was able to block out all the noise out after that and realize just focus on what I could control. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. My name is Aaron, and I am not joined today by my co-host, Nils, uh, but we do have an awesome guest on the podcast and probably somebody that you, unless you're in the sports world, have not heard of or know, but there is so much value that my friend, uh, we didn't get to play together, but we both played for the same university, Oregon State University. We both played football. Uh, I played on the offensive line. Uh, let me say this. I was on the team as an offensive lineman. Alexis Cerno was the starting kicker uh, for the Oregon State Beavers for uh, the years that he was there. And what Alexis does now is very, very similar in a different vein, but very, very similar to uh, what we are all doing as online pastors and as pastors of churches. And so I wanted him to hop in here uh, and talk to us about uh, community building, what that looks like online, how to do that well, networking, uh, and really just being there strategically for people, even if they're not ready for us to be there yet, uh, positioning ourselves for the future. But uh, we are ending the year 2020. This is being recorded uh, late December. Christmas is right around the corner, so Merry Christmas. Uh, and we're headed into 2021. And so for a lot of us, 2020 has been a uh, confusing and crazy year at the least, uh, a really discouraging, disheartening year uh, at the worst. And so I uh, want Alexis uh, to introduce himself, uh, kind of sharing uh, his life story. So Alexis, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you here. Uh, I'd just love for you to introduce yourself to, to our audience. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, name's Alexis Cerna. Uh, currently, I am the director of Beyond Football here at Oregon State University. So I help our players uh, with careers, life after football, really just trying to help them get placed and help them with life skills while they're here on campus as well. Um, but yeah, originally from Southern California, I came up here uh, at Oregon State to, in Corvallis to, to play football. I had an opportunity to walk on in 2003, redshirted that year, and then had an opportunity to play uh, for four years and had some a lot. I had a lot of fun and just glad to be back onto campus uh, and be able yes. to work with the players. Absolutely. Yeah, pouring back into the into the seat you once sat in. Uh, now, Alexis, I know your story very well. Uh, and being a sports fan in the state of Oregon, I particularly know your uh, story really well because I followed your career at Oregon State before I myself had a career at Oregon State. Uh, do you want to share a little bit uh, with the audience uh, kind of your background, just how how your life, maybe starting at, as at your career at Oregon State, has led to where you are uh, now? Yeah, so um, like I said, 2003, I didn't play. I redshirted, sat behind a, a really great kicker, uh, learned a lot, and then I had the opportunity to step in as 2004 as the, the starting kicker, still as a walk-on. Um, yes. They were asking me to earn my scholarship, um, so I was paying my way, and our first game was against LSU in Baton Rouge and Death Valley. Mm -hmm. Previous year, they had won the national championship, uh, and uh, they were number four in the nation at that time. And we just happened to be playing on primetime TV. Uh, everybody was watching it on ESPN. Uh, 
come into the game, they just starts dumping rain. We have a 45 minute delay into that. And uh, it, it was, so we go out and we're, we're huge underdogs, not even supposed to be into this game uh, against LSU. And we go down, score our first touchdown, excited to go out there. And I kick my, to kick my very first PAT and hit it off the right upright. Mm. Um, coming onto the sidelines, like, oh man, how did that happen? Fortunate enough, uh, right before half, I actually got an attempt, uh, a 40 yarder, and I put it right down the middle. So we go into half nine zero, feeling good. We're beating the defending national champions. We come up, come out for the, um, and Jamarcus Russell is actually, that was his first start. And he comes in oh, and he wow. just starts running around and throwing the ball everywhere. Uh, they get a touchdown, seven, um, seven, nine. We actually go down, score again. Um, and then we got a penalty, backed it up five on the PAT, and I hit it off the right upright mm-hmm. again. Um, which I've tried to practice hitting the uprights. You might hit it once, but hitting it two times in a row is like really hard. So to doing that in the game, I was going on the sideline, like, what is going on? Totally. Um, just having to get prepared. And then that whole fourth quarter, as as they kind of started driving, I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I just make one of these PATs, this is a two-score game, and we're probably gonna win. That's it. And so that was that was the constant uh, thing in the back of my mind. And as I watch uh, them drive down, they score the touchdown, going for two, and then Jamarcus Russell just runs it around the end and runs into the end zone to tie the game, uh, send it into overtime. We go into overtime, they go down, they score, uh, and then they kick the PAT. So they're up 22-15. We go in and remember Derek Anderson throwing it to, to Joe Newton in the end zone, catches it. I run out for my third PAT to tie the game and put it into double overtime. And I actually pushed it wide right, completely missed the uprights that time. And uh, that's how I ended my my first game on national TV. I grabbed my helmet, threw it off, just kind of in the moment. You're not thinking like, oh, TVs and cameras around me. It was just frustrated with my performance. Um, got up, went into the locker room, just absolutely broke down in the locker room. Uh, Coach Riley came up to me and head coach and had a conversation real quick, brief, said, hey, you know what, like, there's not really much I can say to you right now that's going to make you feel better. You just got to believe in yourself and keep going. So I was like, man, um, took a shower. We end up heading out to make matters worse. Um, we're flying back into to Eugene and because you fly immediately after you charter planes. And so we're flying right. in. That's a four-hour flight. We start getting into uh, close to Eugene, and we get a little announcement, and they say that, oh, uh, nobody's in the tower. We can't land in Eugene. We actually got to go to Portland. So we divert our plane. We get land in Portland. Well, we had to wait two hours for our buses to drive from Eugene uh, to Portland. And during that time, we're all trying to get comfortable. That whole entire flight, that four and a half, five hour Man. flight, kept falling asleep and then waking up and was like, was that a dream? It was like, no, that that really just happened. Um, and then by the time the buses came, the newspaper started rolling out. It was about five in the morning. And I am on the front cover of every single newspaper. And I was absolutely devastated about it. Um, get on the plane or get on the bus. I get a few hours of sleep there. We pull into Corvallis. The sun's uh, starting to rise at that time. And fortunately for me at that time, my sister was actually in town. Um, it just, fate just happened that she met a, uh, her husband down in, he was boyfriend at that time. They actually got engaged, I think, that week. Um, but boyfriend was wow. from Oregon. They'd come up to visit his family. So they picked me up later on in the afternoon. And uh, for me, I was just so devastated and struggled, like was struggling with that game. Hanging out with his family was a blessing because uh, for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, the world's over. Like, that's it. Like, this is it. And 
his family had no clue what the heck just happened. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> and so it was a put things into perspective of like, yes. and that kind of helped me onto the right path after that point that, you know, this is, this really is just a game. Um, it's not that big of a situation. Totally. Um, that, that following week, we ended up playing against Boise State. I got benched. ESPN actually had a camera focused on me throughout the entire game, following me, even though Just I didn't even touch the Can't field. Get it yeah, off your back. That's right. No. And I do, I do want to pause at the end of that LSU game for a second because it. it you realize now uh, it's just a game and maybe even in the moment it was just a game, but to the, the fan mail that you got and to the amount of attention that you got, I mean, starting with the headline in the newspaper to all of the angry fans that really deemed it was your fault uh, in a lot of ways, I guess it was that you didn't beat the defending national champions. And so to the fan base and to the people looking on, uh, it was a very big deal and you got lots of letters and, and you're seven, you're 18, 17, 18 years old at this time. 19, um, yeah. 19, yeah. yeah. And at that point, but you're getting letters from like 40 year olds, 50 year olds, I mean, grown adults that are just so upset with what you did. And so uh, this was, I, I don't want to minimize the low point that you were feeling uh, at this point. And for tying it back to what a lot of us have gone through in this year of 2020, this was a real low point for you where you could have just hung up the towel. Um, you could have deemed like, man, God doesn't want me to play football. Uh, something like just, this is not going to work out. Um and that's that's not at all uh, what happened. And so I'm, I'm curious for you to tell the tell the audience kind of what happened from there and how that moment because you did get one piece of mail uh, that was not negative. Um, and so just just what happened from that, like the lowest of the low to start your career, national attention, uh, lots of lots of mail, lots of stuff, uh, negative 2020 type experience. And then what happened from there as as all of us look to 2021 for a little bit more hope? Uh, what happened for you, Alexis? How'd you turn it around? So one thing I would like to note is that I was fortunate enough that we weren't part of the social media age when I was there. Oh. Um, yeah, MySpace was kind of the big thing. Facebook was kind of coming up at that time. Um, so email was the, really the big communication. And yeah. everything that I received, majority of it, probably like 90% was the negative stuff was actually email. Um, I actually, out of the hundreds of letters, I think I only got one negative, like actual physical wow. mail. All the mail that came positive, but, um, all the, it was all positive. And it kind of made me realize that when people haven't, opportunity to take an easy quick shot they will yeah but people like they really care they're going to take their time and so that was the thing it was like oh you know what like these people are taking the time out of the day and if it really mattered to them to like give me that much hate or whatever it is they would have totally. taken the time to write a letter or something like that nobody did so they, I, I was able to really look at it and um you I, I always look at it, you got a choice like and at that moment I had to make that choice was I going to curl up into a ball climb into totally. a cave, disappear from Oregon State's world, um, or fight back. And, and it's that, it, it's that fight or flight moment. Yep. And I decided that I was going to fight. And so I was moving forward. And a lot of it, it was, I, I was able to block out all the noise out after that and realize, just focus on what I could control. Um, there's yes. a lot of things that are out of, out of my control. And That's so right. I didn't let that affect me. I kept moving forward and then I got bent like I obviously didn't play the Boise State game but I still I had a great game leading up to Boise State and our week of practice and I didn't miss a kick in practice and then the following week same thing um I wanted it and I was coming after it but that uh, I actually had a conversation with my kicking coach mentor um one night and 
talking about this, the football really wasn't everything and that yeah. there are people out there fighting for their lives and that we should be uh, grateful and blessed for the opportunity that we do have. And it just happened that that very next day, I got a, a, a letter in the mail. I opened it up. It says Sacred Heart um, at the hospital up in Spokane. And yeah. I was at the Children's Hospital. I was like, okay, this is kind of curious. I open it up uh, and a picture falls out. It's a little Polaroid picture, uh, which I still have in my, in my closet here. Um, and it's of Austin Pierce. And you could tell he's frail. He's pale. Um, he's going through chemotherapy. And it's the letter essentially just said, like, you know, I've had some tough days, but um, I've learned to get up. So I, it, if I can do it, so can you. And wow, I, I always felt like I, I always had moments where God talked to me. And I think mm. sometimes you just got to be paying attention to it. And uh, that, was, right. that was one of those moments where my kicking coach, we were just having this conversation totally. the day before. And I get this letter and I'm like, okay, this is this is really a message that I need to yep. pay attention to. Because here's this kid that's actually fighting for his life yeah and i'm upset like i can't be upset about my situation and yeah. really to honor him what i did was i put his uh, initials on my thumbs so it would be an a here and a p there for yes. austin pierce um because i actually got the kickoff job back that week. nice so when i put the ball down on the kickoff tee i would see his initials they would be facing me and i would say the a and the p um just to really enjoy that moment to be relaxed and be grateful that i, that I do have that opportunity totally. to play um, and then it just happened that that week, um, our, the, the kicker at the starting kicker at that week missed two field goals. Mm. Um, and a special teams coach came up to me and she said, Hey, whatever the next kick is, if it's a field goal or PAT, like, um, you have it. Like, and I was like, Oh man, hopefully it's a field goal. I don't want to kick an right. extra point right now. Um, yes, yes, totally. <laughs> but, but it happened to be a 35 yarder and the, mm. put it through and got the job back. But it was, um, and, the, but that, that moment I kept putting his initials throughout my entire career. I got the job back and I ran with it, um, went 17 for 20 on field goals. Didn't miss another PAT. I think I went 28 for 31 on the season Man. on extra points. Um, and then the following spring, and I was planning to continue and put his initials on there and I never reached out to him in the following spring. They actually did an interview and they asked about it. Mm. Um, and I told them kind of the story, but they didn't really, talk to me about it at the time they asked a little bit about it well the article comes out and it's about Austin and me and they told the conversation to his, his parents which they didn't know that I was doing that um oh, wow. and they were just really really touched by it and the Oregon State I I, I love Beaver Nation they they took hold of that story I actually reached out to him after the article and we started talking and we emailed wow. pretty regularly hey well instant messenger was the big thing at that time yes, and yeah. So we were, uh, we were talking on aim, um, a lot yeah. and it, I was just always there for him and he was there for me as well. And the, actually the Oregon state fans flew him and his family out to the Washington state game. Wow. Um, and I had an opportunity to meet him in person, have dinner with him after it. That was a really, really great experience. And we kept the, and we stayed in uh, contact throughout that time. And I actually got signed on to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which is up in Canada, um, just above North Dakota. So I would drive up to Winnipeg. And when I was driving there, I would actually stop off in Spokane and hang out with him and his family. So uh, and cool. then and then one of the times, actually, he was like, hey, I got practice. And he was driving at the time. He, had, he got his leg amputated. And he was just wow. a great um, he was just a great role model of resilience because yeah. a lot of things kept happening. He had to grow up a lot quicker than a lot of other kids normally do but he just held in his stride. He just kept going, staying positive, uh, started playing wheelchair basketball. I went and watched them and 
you know, it's funny as an athlete, you see, you start mm. recognizing athletes pretty quickly and he was better than everybody else. Right. And I was like, okay, like yeah. this kid's really good. And then we started having conversations of him possibly playing wheelchair basketball in college. Wow. Uh, and I would help him with letters to coaches and sure recruiting. And he actually went to university, um, Texas Arlington. And uh, he actually played wheelchair basketball. They were That's national so cool. champions there. So he had an opportunity to be a collegiate athlete. Now he lives yeah. in Texas and he works for wow. Ryder and does a marketing. So we've stayed in contact. His parents, yeah, wow. Um, they, they send us Christmas letters. We send them our, our Christmas card. And actually, he can ask for prayers. His dad actually did have a, a heart attack here in November. Oh, but he's man. fine right now. But just prayers is it they sure. continue uh, recovery and things. But yeah, yeah we I, I, I was able to build a, a strong relationship and, his life of resiliency varied very similar to my career was yeah. just that tough times come, but we just kind of kept moving forward and totally um, just trying to control what you can control. And you went on to win. Uh, he had a very decorated career at Oregon <laughs> state. Uh, so every year after was nothing like that first game uh, when the Lou Groza, which is the best kicker in the nation award, you, you were probably on an all American list as well. Uh for one or two years, I'd imagine. Um, I don't have those stats in front of me. Were you Were you an All American, Alexis? Uh, I think I'm one. Uh, there's two. I was the first. I think three times All American. Okay. Um, I was freshman so, yes, All American, American, All American. My sophomore year, I didn't yeah. have that great of a junior year. I saw it a good year, but sure. I hit a 58 yarder that year, which was a school record. Nice. Um, and so they, I had some pretty big kicks by junior year as well. Kicked yeah. Game winner against the Ducks. So. Man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go Beavs all the way. Uh, I got my I got my Beaver shirt on uh, yeah. here today. Um, yeah, so I, just such a good word, Alexis. I really appreciate you sharing that. I know the story. I wanted our listeners to hear the story because uh, no matter how your 2020 went, there's a 2021 right around the corner. Uh, and it's important, as, as you realized, it's so cool to hear the perspective that you had in the middle of the trial. Uh, which allowed you to recognize the importance of a relationship like Austin. I mean, you could have been so self-centered and so self-focused and so in your own head trying to avenge uh, the mistake that you made that you miss everything that's happening around you. And so you had a mentor that poured into you. You didn't miss an opportunity for a cool relationship. And uh, if our listeners have not learned this by now, there's these relationships that were formed. And then somehow, Alexis, you continue with these relationships uh, further and further down the line. And uh, it allows you to uh, have these moments where you're there for people and they're there for you. Uh, maybe not in the instance that you're pouring into them, but at some instance down the road, which has perfectly led you into what you do now at Oregon State for the former player for former players as well as current players uh, that are on the football team as the beyond football director. Is that correct? That's that's your title to be the director of beyond football? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so uh, specifically what you're doing is you're teaching current student athletes to prepare for a life beyond football, as well as, and, and this is where you mentioned uh, that you kind of go above, and, just because it's who you are, you kind of go above and beyond the call of duty uh, to where you actually continue these relationships and you have your list of players who have already graduated that you continue to network with and continue to be there for. Uh, because you and I were having a conversation right before we hit record on this, how when you're playing football, you don't, when you're that age in college, you don't quite have everything figured out. And in a lot of ways, you feel like the parent that's saying the same thing over and over and over again. 
and pastors who are listening to this, I know that you relate to this a lot as well, where you're saying something over and over again, but until they have that life crisis, until uh, people are in that point where what you're saying actually connects and resonates, uh, you're, they might be blowing you off, or it might be, as you've described, radio silence, but you don't let that deter you. You don't let that stop you. You continue to pour in, you continue to create content, you continue to network because you know, inevitably, someone is going to hit that moment. And pastors who are listening to this, you know, this is true as well. They're going to hit that point. Everybody's going to have a 2020 where they need an Alexis or they need a pastor to uh, help guide them through and connect those dots. And so, uh, Alexis, I'd love for you to maybe just um, talk about the, the community building side of things, the importance of that, and then um, how you've learned to do that digitally uh, in this season through social media. Now that it's not just email and MySpace and AOL, there's so many more things. Just maybe spend a little bit of time talking about uh, kind of your philosophy, where you're at, even how faith plays into that. Uh, our listeners would love to hear it. Yeah, so the um, like you were saying, it's the, the best way, this, the simplest way to, to, to understand a football player's mindset is that I'm going to, play in the NFL, and then I'm going to fall back on my degree. And that's the way majority totally. of us think, um, even Tra when you're not translated, translated for the rest of us, uh, I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, and I'm in control of my life, my destiny, I'm going to be a social media influencer. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it, it. So taking that mindset and understanding that I had that mindset as well, I realized that we, I thought about things differently. So I tried to, one of the things I tell the players, I'm like, Hey, have a, don't pursue a degree while you're here, pursue a career. Uh, and then all during that time, while they're here as well is like aligning your degree with your career. And then we talk about life skills. So we do financial literacy, um, saving and budgeting. That's a huge thing. Um, credit, um, That'll eventually lead in. They all, all of us want to purchase a home. So you got to understand these little things that be able to purchase a home one day. And uh, so we have a lot of that stuff while they're, they're here, networking, uh, resume building, interview, success, all of that. Uh, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I also understand that they, they're half listening. Some, some will eat it up immediately and just run with it. Um, but I know that like there was a couple of things that I probably wouldn't attend it while I was playing. So I don't, take offense to them they say sometimes they'll apologize hey sorry i didn't show up I'm like hey don't even worry about it um but that that relationship building piece is extremely important for me to continuously build that relationship um and also understanding like a lot of that has to do with they don't some of them don't look like me well, let's be honest with some i have i have some black players and polynesian players white players and like there's not very many like hispanic players on the team there's a couple of them but I have to understand their experiences and really get to know them on a deeper level so that they actually trust me um, and they want to utilize me. Yeah. And so it's, so that's part of it too, is just like, okay, I can't um, just because my experience in my life was a certain way. doesn't mean that everybody else's totally. that was actually something I learned when I was working at Sherman Williams um, uh, that I, it was a weird moment for me to realize that people don't think like me. Mm people don't have that same experience as me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it kind of helped me open up my mindset and really start having conversations with people. Uh, one totally. of the big sayings in, in sales is you got to uh, listen to understand and not respond. Yes. And, and so I've, I've taken that into my role of like, okay, I asking probing questions. And, uh, and, and a lot of times some of these athletes, after they come back they, 
they tell me that like I was the first person that had more conversations about what um, about who they were rather than how are you doing in school? How's football going? It was it was outside of that. And those were all experiences that I picked up as a, as a salesperson with that that relationship building piece. And then what, what I learned was, like I said, that people are different than me. I actually am a person that asks for help. Mm. I, I, if I need the help, I'll ask. I'm not afraid to ask for that help. But I realized there were a lot of other people that aren't like that. Uh, sure. You talk about building relationships and staying in contact. Yep. I'm the type of person that it clicks in my back of mind. Hey, I haven't heard from that person. Hey, how's it going? And, yep. but I don't look at it as, oh man, this person hasn't reached out to me in this long. Like that's messed up. Yes, I, I don't, I don't take that mindset into it. I just, I want to reach out to them. I want to stay connected. So I have to make that effort and totally. it doesn't bother me because that relationship is important to me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then they, I love, not to cut you off, Alexis, what I love like, about what you're saying is, is it, for pastors who maybe aren't connecting the dots here of why I brought Alexis on, uh, so many good things you said right there that it's not just out when we're talking about trying to help people follow Jesus better. And if uh, both of those things are the same in the sense that if you're talking to people, but you don't, you're talking at them, but you don't understand uh, the dynamics that their life has brought to help them receive the message that you're bringing to them. And maybe you are, but they're half listening. Uh, there's still value in putting that out there. And when you're um, putting things on social media and you're investing in things that maybe seem like they don't, they aren't returning on interest right away. Uh, as Alexis continues to talk, there, there's just so much value in understanding um, that those touch points, there is going to come a time where somebody goes back and you probably have these stories, Alexis, you'll share some of these with us uh, where people have come back and be like, man, Alexis, I like, this is, this is what you've been saying the whole time. And now it's benefiting me even years later. Um, but if Alexis had just written that off or you hadn't just continued to invest or have your list of people that you check in with, uh, which I think as pastors, we need to be thinking this way. It's not about the immediate results. It's about what's going to happen and how are you positioning yourself to be there when someone hits a life crisis and they need someone to guide them through that. Yeah, um, I'll tell one story because that, that reminds me of one of and actually it was the most recent one that I put out there. Yanni Demogarantis, um, mm. he's working with a, a, uh, an insurance company as an auditor, uh, underwriter. Um, and for him, he, he knew he didn't want to pursue football after. But he also didn't have that motivation to, to find a job at that moment. Right. Because a lot of it, he was still trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Um, so I kept in contact with them, trying to put them in front of the different people. And that went on for probably about a solid nine months. And then uh, that radio silence came. He yeah. kind of ghosted me, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And I was like, oh, my gosh, where's Yanni at? Um, how's he doing? Wasn't responding to texts. I'd call him, do all these types of things. And and I was getting a little nervous. And then also I was internally struggling with that because my job was to help these kids beyond football. And here was this one. Um, and you know, like the parable where the, the one sheep goes off Yeah. and you, you follow that sheep until you can get them back into totally. the, and that was me. And I was struggling really, really bad with that. Um, and then it was around Thanksgiving shot. him like, Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're doing well. And then he was like, finally responded. And he was like, I'll give you a call tomorrow. I'm like, nice. oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> And we started talking and we'll come to find out he was playing basketball, got hurt, um, oh. hurt, went into surgery. 
kind of went through a little bit dark moment at that moment. Um, but like was came out of it and was like, all right, I'm ready. Yeah. And so we started talking and started trying to connect them, but it was actually him himself that actually went out and made some connections. He went to uh, a rotary uh, where they are a couple of businesses sure. that were meeting and they're introducing themselves and they're like, and he got his opportunity and he was like, Oh, my name's Yanni. I'm looking for a job. Um, and everybody was shocked that he was wow. there. Like he took the time to come there and he actually made a good connect, a couple of good connections during that time. And about two weeks later, he was interviewing and he actually ended up getting a job offer wow. like a month after that. Um, That's amazing. And it was him really just recognizing some of the things of like that, those connections, those networks, going out, putting yourself out there and understanding and finding value in yourself. Like totally. That's the one thing I hope that everybody recognizes that they're all amazing. They can do whatever they want. um, And they just got to believe in themselves and, and really just trying to give them those tools. We talk about um, just, I've been diving into a lot of that mental health side of the things yeah. and you, you reckon this age group, especially they're a lot more anxious now Yes, um, because of social media and everything. And it's like, okay, I understood I had the proper tools, but sometimes it's teaching them those proper tools and totally. how to handle life when those moments do come to them. And, and, you know, whether it's meditating, saying prayer, taking yep. those moments out of your time of your day and, that's been the fun part too, is just really diving into that mental health side of the things and really um, seeing them as individuals and seeing what every single person deals with individually. Totally. Yeah. Now, Alexis, that's great. I'm super curious because I've seen some stuff that you guys have started doing, utilizing some of these teachings and exposing uh, people, current players and former players, because I've watched the videos, to other athletes who are now in careers doing things. And you've even done little things where you're teaching them a skill like budgeting. I've seen these things on Instagram TV. So I'm curious in this season, Alexis, what's a skill that you've learned or maybe what's a way that you're utilizing social media, where the players are, where this next generation is even though it's causing them anxiety you're adding uh, a bit of something different on social media what's something that you've done here in 2020 uh, a new skill a new thing you're trying on social media as you continue to kind of disciple these players into life um i with all of this it comes like one of the big things is communication like yes. how do i communicate with them and um that was something that I actually, I was always, when I was in sales, it was like, they were always like, you got to get face to face. You have to be on the phone. Uh, and there were some customers I just could never get a hold of. And mm. then one day I just like, let me text them, shoot them a text. And then ding, I was like, oh, and it was like, okay, like every person dis- communicates differently, yep. but I knew that that communication line was going to be huge. So when I got on the campus, that was one of the things that I was always focused on and they, co- they communicate completely different. Uh, so totally. people are like, hey, why don't you just email them? I'm like, well, they don't look at the email. Right. Um, <laughs> I was like, but if I some email of us, them. We're on an email newsletter. Like for some of us, you do send out emails yeah. with the information of, of like the alumni newsletter and things like that. So for some people, it is email. So it's like this, you have to do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So of you, everything, right? You don't get to uh, just do one thing and force everyone into there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's understanding your audience. Um, and so, yeah, like our alums, they'll use email, they'll use text. They'll like, some of them will pick up the phone and call you. And yeah, but for them, it's, they were com- communicating different. And so I had to try to figure that out. And I realized, okay, they, they, I knew they were on social media. 
Um, and it wasn't until I saw Social Dilemma that I kind of had a better understanding of like, oh, they're addicted Content. to these platforms. And so it's like, okay, like my text, my email, my whatever it is, they're not addicted to that. So it's not going to give them that endorphin that they're going to re respond to it and look at it. Um, and then we started doing stuff like one of the things and I know you've probably felt similar was that you loved guest speakers. Um, yeah. I, I loved hearing from former players and it was so cool. I also didn't want to go to them. Right. <laughs> and so it was one of those things that I've recognized that they, they love hearing from them. They don't like going to th these events. And so it's like that weird balance that I, and um, so we thought it was the coolest thing with zoom, like, Oh, they're going to be in their comfort of their home. Well, they didn't want to be on zoom yes. either. And so it was like, right. Oh my gosh, what is going on? And uh, it, it really forced me I, with 2020, unfortunately it forced me to really analyze what I was doing, how I was communicating with them totally. and realize that our athletes are on Instagram. They're on that platform. I need to start communicating with them. And then it's like, okay. Um, like some of your, some of the subscribers are going to watch this podcast. Totally. They wouldn't like of that, course. That, <laughs> And so yeah. it's like, okay, how do I create this podcast, this conversation into two to three minute segments yep. that I could put on Instagram that they're going to eat up. Right. And so, uh, and then even like, I was just, I just had lunch with my, my nieces this, this afternoon. And um, even with them, it's like, they're on Snapchat. Yeah. They don't even mess with Instagram. So I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, in these few years, I'm going to have to change again. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's, so that's what really what the, but right, right now it's really trying to focus on going Instagram heavy because my audience that I'm trying to communicate right now is all on Instagram. Totally. And, and so I, a I'm, lot of the yeah, I want to communicate. Newsflash. Yeah. That's where your audience is as well. Uh, do you have, what happened when you started posting Instagram? Do you have a couple stories or a story of, of response when you started posting Instagram TV videos? So I actually, the first one I did was credit and it was about eight minutes long. And I uh -huh. knew it was too long and I knew I had to break it up, but I, I messaged the players, all the players. And I said, Hey, I would love to get feedback. One of the feedbacks was um, too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> break it up. So I was like, okay. Uh, and then the second one was cause I just did a, a, a screen share and I, they, they couldn't see my face. And they were like, we want to see your face. Ooh. We want to see the person actually talking. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but then I started posting some of these other ones, um, I had Cam Collins from Adidas, Tammy Oshinoa yep. from Nike. Yep. I got players texting me like, hey, can you connect me with that person? Uh, and I was like, yes, they would love to connect with you. Uh, and it was, it was, then I realized, I'm like, you know what? They may not watch all of them. Yes. Um, but I need to put more out there, more content out there that that one time that they do see it, that they, that it does click with them that they want to watch that one uh, and they want to reach out and they're utilizing me that way. Um, so uh, that that's really what I'm, what I'm going to try to do pretty heavy. This comes winter term is just putting a little bit more Instagram stuff out and um, utilizing the stories a little bit, asking polls and, yes. um, you know, get that engagement of um, it, you, I could easily do that with like financial literacy. Like what, what percentage do you think that uh, of Americans say for budgeting? And then they're like, right. they can start doing little things like that to totally. get the different engagement because some of them are on stories. Some of them are scrolling <laughs> through and it's like, whatever it is, but you have to put it all out there. That's and right. every single one is, and actually this afternoon I had a meeting and Steven Jackson, one of our uh, sure. former great alums, football players played 10 plus years. He was talking, they, they were asking um, 
people want a one size fit all yeah. situation. And unfortunately with social media, it's completely different. It's right. I, the content that I put on Twitter is different than the content that I'll put on Instagram. Um, and then like the content that I even share with Facebook is different. And every single totally. one is different just because of how people interact with it differently. And so you have totally. to, you have to adjust. What I'm loving about this, Alexis, is uh, for Nils and I uh, co-hosting this podcast, Nils started this uh, like six years ago. Um, actually, he inherited it from somebody else. Uh, and so this has been going for a long time. And this has been a reoccurring message over and over and over again. And so I'm hoping you're the new voice right now that's speaking uh, and they're hearing this differently. We're like, oh, that's what Nils and Aaron have been saying this whole time. Uh, it's about speaking different languages on different platforms. If that's overwhelming, start somewhere. Like, I mean, you're the perfect case study, Alexis. I'm so glad you joined us today. Because uh, you're starting somewhere you realize, okay, Instagram is where they primarily are, we're going to start creating content, you found a way to actually get feedback. So pastors, if you're listening, and you're trying to figure out this posting thing, ask some people be like, hey, can you watch this and let me know what you would watch instead or what would actually resonate here from you if they're going to your church, they also like they do that for a reason. Uh, and so they want to see more of your face. Uh, and maybe there's interesting people that you uh, have around you that you can bring on and, and have an added voice into what you're doing. But Alexis, I just so appreciate you sharing kind of your findings, uh, your strategy, even your heart to be like, man, I got to do some different things here and talk differently on different platforms uh, to impact people and ultimately to be in a position where I can help them when they're ready to be helped. Uh, and I think a lot of times we want to force that or be like, man, I wish you were a little bit older. I wish you could understand how important what I'm telling you is. Uh, but the encouragement that you've given us today, Alexis, which I really appreciate is um, even if they're not there yet, uh, it the effort is not in vain and the effort isn't wasted uh, because of what can happen in the future, uh, whenever that may be. Even if there's radio silence for nine months a year, uh, it is still worth it that you put that stuff out. As we kind of wrap this up, Alexis, are there any uh, maybe final thoughts, anything else you want to share um, just in terms of community building, networking online, uh, just maybe something that our listeners can take action upon um, right after this even? Yeah, so one of the, you, it, it brought up a point just kind of listening to you talk right now is that sometimes I have to have tough conversations with yeah. my athletes. Um, and one of the things that I recognize that if it's, if it's an awkward conversation for me to bring it up, I didn't build a strong enough relationship with that athlete. Mm. And so I have to be able to build a strong enough relationship that when I have that, con whatever that conversation is, it's comfortable and they're going to, they're going to listen and they're going to, they're going to take it in. Um, and that, and the same thing is that if they, they have to feel comfortable enough to come to me. So sometimes a lot of the times it's actually me focusing on the, the relationship outside of what I do. And then also letting them come into my world a little bit. Like I've actually been on Instagram, um, and on my personal one, I went and followed all the athletes and they immediately followed back. That's another thing I'll tell you, follow people, they'll follow yes. you back. So yes. if, you, if, if you have your church and they, you have people, you have a list of people, you can literally just go and start following Totally. Um, and they'll follow you back. And, but the, the other thing was that I wanted them to see that I'm a father outside of this, yes. um, that, that I'm a, a, a husband, um, that I'm a friend, that I, that my life doesn't just evolve around beyond football. I want them to look at me as a person, um, somebody that, that just like any other person, that they right. can come and have that conversation. I'm really breaking down that the, uh, the authority, they look, people look at you as an authority. Totally. 
um, you want to have that, obviously, that relationship. But at the same time, you want to break down that awkwardness of like, oh, you're my boss. Oh, you're right. You're my chaplain, whatever it is. You want to break it down that they, they're your, your trusted confidant. For me, it's like you're the director of Beyond Football. I don't want to be known as the director on Beyond Football. I want to be known as Alexis Cerner. That's right. Um, and so really that that relationship, it goes along. And it's it's funny because as much as we do all the social media and everything, it, it, it comes back to the old school, um, just relationship building. How, how, what are you doing to help That's build it. those relationships? That's it. Well, uh, we're going to wrap this up. And there's somebody, as a, as a listener right now, there's somebody that you know that needs to hear this conversation. And you have an opportunity right now to take this link and start up a conversation that maybe you haven't had for a long time. Maybe this is your Alexis Serna at Thanksgiving moment uh, with somebody that just you guys haven't talked in a while. Um, or maybe there's somebody that you talked to earlier today that you know would benefit from this conversation. I would so appreciate it if you shared this. You also have an opportunity to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now. That helps us uh, just reach more people with impactful conversations like this who are trying to amplify their ministry on social media. Uh, Alexis, so appreciate having you. So appreciate you taking your time to share with our audience, uh, pour into them. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, everybody, uh, take it easy. Can't wait for 2021. Uh, if this isn't releasing in 2021 already, uh, it's going to be a great year and we're going to influence a lot of people. Uh, so until we talk again, uh, take it easy.